0: Hello and welcome to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Harditz, and today we continue our Fantasy Final Series with a look at Alvin Kamara. Let's get controversial, people, out of every you know, running back tier ranking, whatever article, whatever content I put out, the most hate I get is on Jonathan Taylor, which we've talked about here before, and Alvin Kamara. And let me just start off by saying this. I truly believe that if we took every running back that is healthy right now, sorry, Saquon, and the aliens invaded tomorrow, and we needed to face off for one game to decide the fate of humanity, Space Jam, but football version, I think Alvin Kamara should probably be our RB1. All due respect to guys like Nick Chubb. Derrick Henry. Others I'm forgetting. Kamara just does everything you want him to do at a high level, and he does it while looking freaking great. RB1, all swag team, no doubt about it. And, again, he is on any short list of the best real-life players in the league. The thing is, fantasy football is not always about just identifying the best players at each position. It helps. He's up there. People, he's my RB8. Maybe that's low to you. It's low to a lot of people. In fantasy land, he's a great RB1. In real life, he might be the RB1. We just got to realize what's made him so good since he's gotten to the league in 2017 isn't exactly there anymore. And the main part of that is Drew Brees. Saints offensive line also deserves plenty of credit. They're basically back, but as we've seen over the years, pressure does tend to be more of a quarterback stat than offensive line stat. It's gonna hurt, guys. As much as Taysom Hill, Jameis Winston might have a better overall arm talent, better skill set, more athleticism at this point in their career. Like Drew Brees, just what he could do pre-snap to get everything right for everyone involved can't be understated. It's gonna be what the Colts are gonna go through a little bit, going from Rivers, um, yeah, going from Rivers to Carson Wentz. You can't really put—it's it's one of the harder things to define, just you know, having a quarterback that can just consistently get you in the right play. And it's that, and it's also just reality that nobody was thrown to Kamara more often than Breeze. Like, just in terms of a QB running back connection, this was unlike almost anything we've usually seen people. Since Kamara entered the league, he's responsible for four of the ten seasons in a running back getting more than 80 receptions. So, look— He's been awesome on the ground, but so much of his just fancy success, the reason why he's been, why he was the fancy RB1 in 2020 and why he's been a perennial top five fantasy back, except for 2019 when he was a little bit banged up with the ankle issue, it's been the receiving. So what I did... Looked at his overall fantasy rank each year, but also just his rank among running backs in purely rushing and then purely receiving production. So, for example, in 2020, overall fantasy RB1, he was a fantasy RB3 in rushing. That's what, you know, scoring 21 total touchdowns will do for you, RB1 in receiving. In 2019, though, fantasy overall RB9, even though he missed the two games, rushing RB 22 receiving still RB five that saved him 2018. He was the overall RB four rushing RB five. He ended up accounting for, I believe uh, let's see. Yeah. 14 rushing touchdowns that year and then receiving RB four in 2017. He was the overall RB three rushing RB 16 receiving RB one. So, When Kamara has had these two years where he scored 14 and 16 rushing touchdowns, a total that we've seen regress the following year, something that we should expect to regress a little bit, come back to earth in 2021. He's been just, he's still been a top five fantasy running back, except for 2019 again, because of his receiving production. If you take the receiving production and not turn it off completely, but just lower it, we're looking at more of a low end RB1 as opposed to the world beater we've seen over the past few years. So it's, He's great. He's an RB1 any way you want to look at it. When we've seen him without Drew Brees, though, and thus what we're going to be seeing in 2021, he hasn't been quite as great as people, I think, remember or want to admit. I mean, look, we've had nine games, nine games over the past two years without Drew Brees in the lineup. The first five were with Teddy Bridgewater, and it wasn't bad. Teddy was able to keep the offense up. They won the games. But we also got to realize Teddy in those games, he only led him over 13 points with Kamara in there and on two of those occasions. So he still averaged 6.2 targets per game with Teddy. It's just the offense wasn't going to the end zone as often, which hurt him with Teddy at QB. Kamara finished as the RB 37, the RB 3, the RB 23, the RB 17, and the RB 16. Way more weeks as the RB, as an RB2, as opposed to just one more one week as an RB1, and we saw this come to fruition again in 2020 with Taysom Hill under center, where we had an RB26 finish, an RB36 finish. That was in the weird Kendall Hinton game, and then RB6 and RB9 finishes to finish it off. The though, people. He only had 16 targets in weeks 11 through 14 last year. It just wasn't even close. And you look at everybody else during that time. Michael Thomas had 36 targets. Emmanuel Sanders had 17. First of all, that's a huge gap between Thomas and everyone else. And then we had Jared Cook and Traquan Smith with 12 apiece right there. Kamara basically went from being the clear-cut 1B pass game option with Drew Brees under center to being just another guy in the group with Taysom Hill. It's a four-game sample size. I get it. But really... With the Taysom sample size and with the Teddy sample size, we're seeing the two factors that are more of an issue for Kamara than they've ever been. Will he get the high-end targets? And will this offense be top 5 or top 10 in scoring? I know Sean Payton has always had a top 10 scoring offense with the Saints. He's also always had Drew Brees. And as I was bringing up, with Teddy and with Taysom under center, we didn't see the same overall touchdown ceiling that we kind of get with Brees. So it's not just the targets hurting Kamara here. It's also just expected touchdown regression because 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 A, it's really freaking hard to score 21 touchdowns in a year. So it's going to go down just by pure, again, it being hard to do that twice. And B, the general offense just not being as good in years past. And really the big issue with all this, like we could overcome these issues with, you know, Just more volume. That's why Christian McCaffrey has Sam Darrell under center, and we don't care. He's still the 1.01 because McCaffrey, with good health, is going to have over 100 receptions and he's going to be pushing for like 400 total touches. The Saints have never given Alvin Kamara over 200 rushes in a season. I mean, turn Taysom Hill's uh, four starts last year. We had Kamara with 50 carries, we had Taysom with 39, and Latavius Murray had 40. So Taysom Hill coming to the equation not only lowers the target ceiling, he also lowers the rushing ceiling. That's what we've really seen throughout history. Mobile QBs simply haven't been good for their running backs' fancy business. If Taysom Hill gets this job, people, which reports from our guy Nick Underhill are looking like it's more of a QB competition than I guess a lot of us were kind of putting stock into, Taysom Hill is going to move Alvin Kamara down to that low-end RB1 range, and I'm just not convinced that even Jameis winning the job is going to be enough to push him up because we're going to see more Taysom than probably ever before at QB, particularly in the red zone, which is annoying as hell. And you look at Jameis, okay, he fed Charles Sims 51 catches back in 2015. That's the only time he's had someone clear that number. And if you want to combine, you know, look at what he had in 20. in 2019 with Darry, with Ronald Jones, and with uh, Peyton Barber. You know, you can combine some guys to get uh, over 50 receptions. I understand that. And he's also never had a running back like Alvin Kamara. He's never had a coach as smart as Sean Peyton to let his – or excuse me. he's. I'm, I'm not trying to insult Bruce Arians there. He's not – Had he's not been in a situation with a coach like Peyton, who's he's not gonna let his stud back like just go completely under the radar. You know, only Zico Elliott's making more total money in his contract than Alvin Kamara. He's not gonna disappear. We just have more questions than ever when it comes to really projecting his. T- touchdown ceiling and his target ceiling. And again, these are the two principal reasons why he was so good last year. And suddenly, a lot of that is up for a debate on how good it's going to be. So it's Taysom or jamis And the, you know, just league guy objectively is going to be worse for Kamara than Drew Brees last year. So leads us into our PFF Lily stat. And it's just one more note about how good Kamara is, people. He had 27 missed tackles on receptions in 2020. Five more. The next closest players, Mike Davis and the Andre Hopkins. Shout out Mike Davis, a.k.a. 82 to 85% CMC. That leads me to my rank. I said it before. I'll say it again. Alvin Kamara is my fantasy RB8. Right now, I would take the following guys ahead of him. Christian McCaffrey, you know, I think we all get this. He somehow averages even more PPR points per game in 2020 than he did in 2019. Should be just right back there again, getting all the targets he can handle. Dalvin Cook continues to have a 400-touch ceiling if full health ever prevails. Saquon Barkley, like Cook, just has too gaudy of a touch ceiling. Derrick Henry basically continues to prove he's the exception to the rule that we need our high-ends RBs to have a high-target floor. Aaron Jones if Aaron Jones loses Aaron Rodgers, I would bump him behind Alvin Kamara, but for now he's got the touchdown upside that Kamara doesn't, and I think he could actually flirt with having more targets. If Jamal Williams, uh, all of his leftover targets go to Jones instead of A.J. Dillon, I would take Ezekiel Elliott. You know, only running back getting paid more than uh, Kamara, and it just comes down to that overall touch potential. Like, Zeke will get 400 touches if he's fully healthy. Kamara's never had over 275. That's still a lot. It's why he's still my RV8. It's just not exactly what I think we saw in the past. And that's why I would also take Austin Eckler ahead of Alvin Kamara. I think Austin Eckler has the role in 2021 that we hope Alvin Kamara still has. Give me Justin Herbert in that Chargers offense to outscore the Saints like people. We got to anticipate this Saints offense taking a step back. Drew Brees is not there anymore. I know he had a noodle arm. i talked about this in my Michael Thomas rants. Uh, at the same time, even with that noodle arm over the past three years, even though it got worse in 2020, he was still leading one of the most efficient and just one of the best overall passing games. We just saw some slippages at the end, and, you know, It is interesting to me where we got this idea. You know, Michael Thomas is catching a lot of grief for the way the season ended and stuff. And just remember, sometimes we're drawing some arbitrary lines here. I mean, in the playoffs last year, Alvin Kamara had two catches for 17 yards against the Bears and three catches for 20 yards against the Buccaneers. I don't think that's going to be the case moving forward. But that said, if the over-under for his receptions, which he's had 81, 81, 81, and then 83 last year, if the over under is at 80 catches, I'm probably going to pound the under on that. So it's one of these things, people, like don't underestimate the way that Taysom Hill is going to be able to basically suck the fantasy value out of almost everybody involved in this offense. And with us, again, hearing that it's seeming more likely than ever that Taysom could actually win this job away from Jameis, uh, just kind of get ahead of the idea that, Kamara, while he's still an RB1, probably won't be the RB1 again in 2021. And just start treating him as more of the low-end RB1 that we've seen him be without Drew Brees under center for nearly a half a season worth of time. So Latavius Murray is actually the running back I've been getting more often in best ball land right now I mean he's being priced lower than like a pure handcuff guy like Tony Pollard whereas Murray has more week to week uh, just value again during that Taysom Hill stretch he had 39 carries Taysom 40 Kamara 50 and he's also going cheaper than someone like Naeem Hines who yeah maybe Hines outproduces Latavius if nothing happens but we saw in 2019 Latavius played two games without Kamara near every down snap roll like over 80% snaps in both games top three fantasy performances in both games he had like 15 catches like they just basically replaced him as Alvin Kamara. So to me, Murray is, again, a top three handcuff. Him, Pollard, now Alexander Madison. And he's a great guy for zero RBers, particularly to target at the end of the draft. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. As always, I invite you to check out our other podcasts if you feel so inclined. Uh, recap the NFL Draft with Mike Renner and Austin Gales, two-for-one drafts podcast, or get all the 2021 betting content you need with the PFF fantasy or just with the pff forecast so thank you as always for tuning in everybody new fantasy files out every single day throughout this offseason corresponding articles on pff.com i'm ian hartson until next time take care